Welcome to 500 Seconds to Joy. I'm your host, Stephanie, and I'm excited to have you back for another author spotlight. This is author spotlight number two, and I am chatting with author Kathy Lipp, and she wrote the book Ready for Anything, and we are talking during the um, coronavirus um, pandemic, and it's pretty timely that I got to talk with Kathy because we talked about being prepared and ready for anything. And wow, who could have imagined what you were going through and, um, you know, the toilet paper shortage and just like the panic at the grocery store. And, you know, I think Kathy's method message is so needed. And the method is biblical. I love how she goes about this because not only does she talk about being ready for anything, but she ties it to the Bible and scripture and how, you know, just God's provision for us and how he gives us this power to prepare so we can actually feel empowered and know that we can do something about preparing for the future, not in a fearful way, but in this empowered way. So I really enjoyed chatting with Kathy and I hope you check out her book. I will leave the links in the show notes, um, ready for anything. And I'm super excited. I read the book and it's fabulous. There's so many good tips. It's one of those books that is like a reference book that you can just keep going back to over and over again. And in part one, um, Kathy's going to introduce herself, talk about the book and, and just really give you practical tips um, for getting ready for anything, you know, any disaster, anything that you need to prepare for. I love her method of just keeping it simple and you can work at this over time. So without further ado, listen to part one of my conversation with author Kathy Lip. Hi, Kathy. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me on, Stephanie. The, I, I can already tell we're going to have a good time. Me too. I know just in a few minutes you're talking before I clicked record and I just love that I get to talk with you and especially right now I feel like this is such a timely conversation as we're dealing with um, coronavirus and just realizing if we are prepared or not. Um, And so you, Kathy, are an author. Everybody, this is Kathy Lip, and she wrote a few books. And the one we're going to focus on today is Ready for Anything, Preparing Your Heart and Home for Any Crisis, Big or Small. And so it's a really fabulous book that has so many tips and tricks and resources. And as I was saying before we clicked record, I love that you can just take it one step at a time And just there's so many resources in here. You could just keep going back for more. And um, yeah, just put one foot in front of the other. So I love the way you wrote this book and and what you've shared. So could you just introduce yourself to all the listeners and share about the different books that you've published and um, especially this recent one we're talking about today, Ready for Anything? Yeah, so uh, I am married to the wonderful Roger, and we have four adult kids. And really, my emphasis over the past five years has really been helping people declutter. And so we have a group on Facebook of about 10,000 women and a few brave men who are Mm -hmm. all working on decluttering their homes and regaining peace in their space. And it was interesting when the idea for this book, Ready for Anything, came to me. And I I was thinking, yeah, but it doesn't fit in with clutter, so I'm not going to do it. And then I realized, 
you know, clutter, decluttering is really recovering from your past. Organizing is taking care of your present and ready for anything. Being prepared is taking care of your future. And so it, it really is a continuum to say, okay, you know, I'm going to declutter my house, I'm going to get organized, and then I'm going to prep for the future. And so a lot of those things can be done at the same time, which is kind of beautiful. But it's really about taking care of yourself so that you can not just take care of yourself, but take care of those you love and take care of your neighbor as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that emphasis on neighbor. And just throughout the book, you weave in scripture, which really speaks to my heart. And I'm sure a lot of the listeners too can um, appreciate that. And just the fact that this isn't just for us, this isn't a selfish thing Mm -mm. to hoard supplies and just be ready and then do everything for self-serving reasons. No, you, you open it up to, well, then we can help our children through this, whatever we go through. And then our neighbor, the greater community and Like you said, before we clicked record, um, the current crisis we're going through, you mentioned you've been able to help people. And so I think that is the gift we give people, um, our families first, you know, Mm -hmm. our little family units, and then the greater community when we are ready for anything that comes our way. And so I just love how your passion really comes through in your book and how, you know, as you're talking about things and preparing your heart and home for any crisis. And what I really want to focus on is just how this has helped you become empowered instead of, you know, feeling helpless and like things are just happening to you, but feeling this sense of empowerment. Yeah. So I, I like to liken it to being prepared to have a child. You know, it's, it's so funny, you know, when they gave me the child at the hospital and they said, okay, now it's time for you to go home. I'm like, <laughs> are you kidding me? Like, mm-hmm. there should be a team of experts here. Like, I am not equipped for that. But you you do figure out those nine months that God gave you to prepare for that child actually did pay off in many ways. You know, you had the resources you needed. You had the books you needed. You had the people you needed. And I, I think of it as the same way. It's you're not getting prepared overnight. This isn't a, okay, you know, the disaster is coming, you need to be ready by Thursday. And I'm sure a lot of us felt like that with coronavirus. We were one of the first counties in the United States to go under quarantine. And uh, we were very fortunate that we were already prepared, but we were in a different circumstance in that we had just sold our house in San Jose where we lived 20 years. We have a house in the mountains we were moving to, but it was snowed in. So we have been in quarantine with my mom who lives in between and who we were starting to prepare to get ready for anything, but wasn't quite. So it's been a very interesting set of circumstances. Mm -hmm. And in some ways, while I was prepared, in other ways, I was kind of starting from ground zero. But to understand that we can take this in small chunks and if you started to get ready, you know, prepared for a disaster, and you can even prepare now while you're in the midst of a crisis, and there are things we can do at home right now, but it's not to overwhelm you, it's to empower you. To say, I, I look at the Proverbs 31 woman, and I've read those verses a thousand times. But then as I started to think about 
being prepared, I read that she laughs at the days to come. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, whoa. Okay, so that's where I realized, okay, she's got something different than I do. Because I am definitely not laughing at the days to come. I'm worried about the days to come. But what what all of Proverbs 31 is, is talking about is how she prepared so that when a crisis comes not up, not if, but when, she has done everything she can do to to control the situations that she can control and the situations that are not in her control, she can trust God with. And it's a powerful combination for us. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. It's funny in your book, you talk about how, you know, the Proverbs 31 woman, it's like, wait, who could do all that? Right. But I do think when we take it in smaller chunks and really take it step by step, you know, we build up that momentum And we feel like, okay, I did that. What's next on the list? And so can you explain a little bit about, you know, those first action steps you suggest in your book to get together the um, $1 bills and the water jugs? I think those are great first steps. So that when people say ready for anything, because I talk about in the book, uh, and we'll talk about this later, being three, two, three ready. So those are some big things like getting ready to live outside your house for three days or shelter in place for two weeks or have three months worth of emergency expenses. But I don't want people to start there because it does feel overwhelming. So the first two things I have you do is to order a purified water container so you can store water, drinkable water because in most emergencies, that's something you'll need. And to collect up $101 bills. And it's the reason I want you to start there is because for most people, and I understand a lot of people have lost their jobs, they've been furloughed. This is not a step for everybody. But for some of us to just gather up $101 bills and put them someplace so that we know in an emergency that we have that cash on hand, we are never going to regret having water on hand or cash on hand. And so I want you to start your stockpile because the Red Cross says that in case of emergency, we should have one gallon per person per day for two weeks for everybody in our house. So for me and my husband, just the two of us, that's 28 gallons of water. And then you're supposed to have one gallon for each pet in your house. Now, we have a 14-pound cat and a 10-pound dog. So we probably don't need a gallon per day per animal, but we probably do need a gallon for the two of them, you know, just in in case, um, you know, we needed to bathe them or, you know, whatever it is. And then we're also living with my mom now. So there's another. So it's a lot of water. I'm not going to lie, but in an emergency, clean drinking water is one of your most important priorities. So I want you to do the one $100 bills doesn't feel weird. I say that 95% of what I talk about in the book is just common sense. And 5% makes you feel like you're on doomsday preppers. But (laughs) that 5% ordering those water jugs could be very helpful in a crisis situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, we, as we were talking before the call, you know, we're doing some of the prepping, we've been doing it for years, and, you know, ordered some, um, 
you know, food, like the yeah. dried fr- food. Yes. <laughs> not, yes. Not that it's very appealing, but you know, that's just one way, one thing we've done right. and, you know, collecting water and all of that. But, um, I just think it's so actionable and something that you can quickly check off the list and something that can set your mind at ease. And again, make you feel empowered. Like, okay, I did something to prepare. It's not everything, but it's something. And I think that's really key. And so if people want to go to the next step, then let's get into that goal of three, two, three. Yeah. So the, um, it was so funny when I was testing this book out on my reading group, the only objection they had, they said, Kathy, is three, two, three really necessary? That feels like a lot. Like to have two weeks worth of food and water to shelter in place like that. So now people are like, nope, two weeks isn't enough. We need more. Mm-hmm. And so it's funny how attitudes have changed. But these are not Kathy's recommendations. These are the American Red Cross recommendations. So that's what I'm, those are the guidelines I'm trying to use is what does the Red Cross say that we should have in place? So the first three is um, three days if you had to live outside your house. So this is three days of clothes, food, and water, and some other emergency devices. So uh, things like, could, do you have those things in one place that you could easily grab. And I think it's really, really interesting that, uh, you know, the when I sent this book out to a couple of endorsers, one of them said, I decided the first thing I was going to do was get my three-day bag together. Well, turns out, sadly, her daughter, who is fine now, but was in a car accident. And she said, Kathy, I had my three-day bag ready to go. I, wow. I was able to just jump in the car and go be with my daughter who was hours away. I didn't have to stop and pack. I could just get on the car, the road and go. And so it's, it's so good for a variety of circumstances. So that's the first prep. The second prep is to have two weeks worth of food and water, uh, in your home if you had to shelter in place. And in addition to that, I would say a power source. So say that you, I live in Northern California. This is earthquake country. And so uh, it, there's a real possibility that we could lose power for a long time. We now live in the mountains. We lose power all the time. You have to have an alternative cooking source. And so do you have um, a way to stay warm if you lose power? Do you have a way to cook your food if you lose power? And do you have the water that you need in case you lose power? Because I didn't really realize that you only get one flush after you lose water. And then Mm -hmm. you either need to be bringing water in. Fortunately, we have a creek by our house. We're able to go get that water. But that's not the situation for everybody. And so to think through those things um, for what you would need for two weeks to shelter in place and the two weeks in shelter in place, you know, we've seen it here. That would give people such a great head start to say, okay, I have everything I need for two weeks. I can start to figure it out from here. But if you didn't have anything in your fridge, you know, you didn't have any um, paper towels or toilet paper or something like that, 
you know, you started off in a panic thinking about things that you really didn't have to think about if you had been prepared. Now, this is not to shame anybody. Please, Stephanie, hear me loudly. Um, because yes. Most of us, you know, we're just, if, especially if you're a young mom, you're like, I'm just trying to survive. But I right. want to give you a few <laughs> steps so that the next time something happens, you're like, I can laugh at the days to come. And then the, the, the three at the end, so we have the three, two, three, is three months of emergency expenses. So what is the minimum amount of money you would need to survive if a financial disaster hit? And what we've seen here is even though this is a pandemic, what it's really done is in many ways just flatten the job market. And so how do we respond to that? And do we have a little money saved up? And I understand for a lot of people, that's really hard. That's why I say start with the $101 bills and then start with a thousand, go to a thousand and then keep building from there piece by piece, a little by little, you can do this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just cutting out. I mean, I didn't grow up saving. I'm not going to lie. Right. I was such a spender before I met my husband. He's a saver. And what I learned um, after meeting him and starting to date, I, I realized it's actually the little things that really add up. So ways to cut back. I mean, this could be a whole other episode, but just like thinking about saving. I mean, just mm -hmm. not having that coffee you know, right. not getting yes. takeout, cooking at home, um, not getting that really cute shirt that you want, um, mm -hmm. you know, holding off on coloring your hair or mm -hmm. doing it home, like certain things that it seems like a little drop in the bucket, but over time it really does add up. So I, again, I want to empower people to know that you don't have to start huge. I mean, if your savings account is zero, you just, you start dollar by dollar. And it, I think exactly. it's, yeah, it's very small baby steps, but it adds up to something huge, right? I mean, that's, I think that's the point of your book is that prepping is not this ginormous undertaking you do and blast through in like a week. <laughs> I mean, it's, this yeah. is like a lifetime of work uh, of just like continuing to prepare yourself and gather things and so we can laugh at the days to come. I love that verse. Yeah. yeah so and it's good. just a change of attitude, you know? Yes. Um, you know, especially if you're a clutter, cluttery person, you're hanging on to everything because you might need it just in case. And a ready for anything attitude says, no, I'm going to hold on to the right things. I'm going to hold on to the things that make sense mm -hmm. in order for us to be able to build to a place where, you know, not only can I help myself, but I can help my neighbor. Okay, friends, that's it for part one. We have a few more minutes in part two. So head on over to that episode and listen to the rest of my conversation with author Kathy Lip. Thanks for being here. Bye for now.